welcome to Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and we're here to explore issues and ideas that matter to the LCC Galaxy in our classrooms and on campus, and seeing how the work of our stars connects with the community and how the community connects with us. Today, we're going to be talking about the state of arts education in Michigan, and I'm so excited to welcome my guests, Barb Whitney and Chad Swan Badrow. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. It's exciting. This is Barb's second Galaxy Forum. You were on an early episode with uh, LCC assistant professor in art, Susan Hardy, both talking about your work as professional artists. And Chad and I go way back in terms of radio and with both mm. of these guests, so many different ways. But Chad and I developed and co-hosted a show here on WLNC. Yeah. Uh, so much more Michigan mm. arts and culture, mm -hmm. an hour long talk show. Yeah. No Can't trouble filling it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and Chad's artistic director of Peppermint Creek theater company, and we've collaborated on renegade. So there's, there's a, a lot of collaboration. Um, and I, I love that we bring that to this conversation, but, you two each represent statewide arts organizations. And so it's with those perspectives that we're going to focus our conversation today on arts education in Michigan. Barb is the engagement and fund development strategist for Maya, the Michigan Arts Education Instruction and Assessment Project. And Chad is the arts education program manager with the Michigan Arts and Culture Council. So Let's start with a quick overview of your roles and the roles of your organizations. I know that's actually kind of big, but uh, um, I think that'd give our listeners a good sense of where you work and, and what those organizations serve. Great. Uh, I'll start. I, I, as you said, I work for the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, and I've been with the council now for 10 years. And in a nutshell... We are the State Arts Council. Every state has a State Arts Council. MACC is uh, Michigan's, and we receive funding from two pots, uh, one a line item from in the budget, as well as a small portion from the National Endowment for the Arts. And with that pot of money, we basically grant out funds to organizations across the whole state that are doing arts, arts and culture programming. And I specifically oversee programs um, for a variety of individuals, but particularly K through 12 schools as well. So for schools that are doing some type of arts and culture project, we also have two other grant programs for them uh, for arts related field trips and um, for schools that want to purchase arts related equipment for the classroom. You know, when I came on at the council, there was no program devoted to schools and funding schools. So I feel so fortunate to have built that program since I've arrived and over the last 10 years really learned a lot about where schools are at as far as their support for arts programming in the schools and what teachers need, which I think is an ongoing quest to support schools. So that's what I do. It's wonderful, wonderful that um, you were able to build that program and that need was recognized mm -hmm. uh, by the the Arts Council and the resources devoted to that. Yeah, we're really fortunate to um, have both when I started um, and executive director John Bracey, as well as our, our current director, Allison Watson, who really believe th that believe not only in in the arts broadly, but also that that arts education is like where we start people to then become adults who then are going to produce arts programming in, at various organizations and, and believe that they could have a career in the arts or just how the arts can transform a community. So and that they that K through 12 education and arts education is where that begins. Wonderful. Barb, tell us about Maya and your work there. I know you've worked there before this current position, which is, is really exciting. So you have a long history with them. Yes. Maya is a wonderful project. They're part of the Michigan Assessment Consortium. 
And we also just celebrated a 10-year anniversary mm-hmm. for Maya, Maya at 10. And the work is around assessment and instruction. It was founded with support from the Department of Education and also annual support from the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, which helps make the work possible. Some of what Chad and I do when we work with one another is collaborate with other statewide agencies. So part of my work with Maya has been supporting our partners in the efforts like Clara Martinez from the Michigan Dance Council or Shannon Hibbert from the Michigan Music Education Association or some of our other colleagues who are doing really excellent work in visual arts, theater, dance. It's just an incredible opportunity to bring everyone together. Mm-hmm. And I really see, I'm jumping in, I shouldn't, but Jump. I really see um, Barb and, and the staff uh, and at Maya as the experts in, uh, they're the ones that are really, I mean, we're we're a granting agency at the end of the day. So we're there to support programs that, are, that teachers and schools want to create. But Maya is really the, our statewide agency that is that is actually working with teachers, are working to improve their practice, to ask teachers continually what they need to be successful, and to challenge schools to create arts curriculum if it doesn't exist or to improve what does exist. So I, I feel like Maya is, you know, for me, they've been like a the experts truly that I go to as an agency that really just is there to to support programs with grant funding. Um, Maya is doing that on the groundwork every day. Thank you. And that on the ground work, can you, you know, maybe give some specific examples? I'd love to hear a little bit about how that assessment work plays out for within schools. And this is primarily K-12, correct? Yes. So both agencies are primarily K-12 because we will talk about community colleges as well in Mm -hmm. higher ed. Right. And one of the things that's different about the Michigan Assessment Consortium is that it was founded with an interest and a charge to support arts education as well as all the other subjects. So when we think about a well-rounded education for kids, the arts are an integral component of that effort. And so um, some of what we saw during the pandemic was moving all the work virtual and expanding those efforts, receiving funding to keep our staff doing the great work to support educators more directly as they were moving their work online and um, fostering the kinds of connections for educators with their students that are really powerful. That's great. Just an initial thought, and I, you know, obviously work in the arts, you know, we hear quite often how the arts are under-resourced and underfunded and falling behind in schools, Um, and yet the work that you two are describing is very, it makes me feel like, boy, there's a lot more going on than, Mm -hmm. than, maybe people are aware of and what's your take on that well i'll start by saying that you know i have seen i have gone through an, in my career an interesting transition from being a classroom teacher at the start of my career where i felt like my view of the work i did was so singular it was on my classroom mm-hmm. and maybe my school i mean there were classrooms down the hallway that i was like i don't know what you're doing down there <laughs> i am just like so focused on the work i'm doing in my own classroom and then when I transitioned out of the classroom and into a more community work, that was with a community lens at the Arts Council of Greater Lansing. That took work to sort of expand my view of, okay, what's trying to understand the landscape and the geography of what was happening just in our tri-county region here, you know, in Lansing. Right. And so then to move to the state to also do that same thing, to really have to broaden up, I feel like 
the real task of the last 10 years of, in my job has been trying to understand what you just said, which is what is going on? How can I as one person or how can we as one agency, and I feel like Maya must also grapple with this as well, how do we, how do we just know what's happening in schools across the whole state? I mean, we have such a huge state. It's beautiful, and it's but it, to be in those places is hard. So I think that it's been about, I know my work and my work with, in conjunction with Maya has been about how are we creating networks of just liaisons and fellows and ambassadors who can be also partner with us in this work because there's just no way that Barb and I can be in Traverse City and can be in you know St. Joe and can be up in Marquette. Uh, and I know you've both talked about, I mean, Ted, you've talked about all the the site visits that mm-hmm. you have done over the years yeah. in you know the the farthest reaches of the corners of Which Michigan literally upper the and best lower part, right it's yeah. the best part especially when you're in the arts it's just to to visit and see what schools are doing with grant right. funding is so amazing but that is that's when where a lot of the work is is just understanding what is being done what communities mm-hmm. exist and to then try to grapple with well what's the data so like who's offering what I mean, so I think the work that Maya is doing right now, specifically moving forward, I think the progress we've made in the last 10 years has really been, okay, understanding the the field, both like I think metaphorically and physically, and then bringing the right people together to then like create a structure for data to be collected so we can understand what what do we need to advocate for moving forward? I mean, are there are there lots of dance curriculums across the state? Is theater really widely or not widely being offered? So I think that's something that Maya is really, really focusing on that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. We know that through the research, children do better in school, in work, and they're more civically engaged if they have exposure to the arts. So there's this concept that we, we measure what we value. And if we don't know whether kids are getting access Mm -hmm. to the arts in schools, how do we know whether they're going to have those measures of success. Mm -hmm. So the discussion right now is around what does that data collection look like? Mm. How does networking help bring us all together and connect us in really valuable, genuine, true ways where all the stakeholders who are part of those conversations have a vested interest in kids getting access to the arts? Because we know from our 2011 study in Michigan and also from studies all across the country that kids don't get equal access to the arts in well, school. I want to put a pin in that. Like, so I, I am going to post that on a t-shirt, Barb, like the <laughs> idea that, that we measure what we, what we value. Right. And to, so can when I came into, can it please bumper stickers <laughs> and pillows? I think that, um, when I came into the job in 13, the last time we had done any even remote, small, like s- census of arts education in our state was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And we have not since then done any time and even that mm. we recognize was not every school it was like a small was 12 portion. years ago it's insane think about the way that like yeah the landscape has changed from an education mm-hmm. perspective aside from the pandemic which is a huge thing certainly um and so i i feel so like proud to be working with maya to be moving toward creating a, a mechanism in which we can perennially gather that information so it's not 12 years between times when we can sort Mm -hmm. of get a picture of what's going on because we do value the arts it's important to have that data that is i think from a community college perspective in the arts uh here at lcc to have that kind of data would be invaluable to see Mm -hmm. 
How many programs are there? Are they growing? Are they dwindling? COVID, of course, impacted enrollment, not only at LCC, but all over in, in higher ed and in arts programs that are small to begin with, um, mm-hmm. and particularly at, at community college, where I think extremely fortunate to have the arts programs that we have here. But when, you know, a lot of what is the career pathway and a lot of effort and focus uh, in colleges is in creating those pathways for students to mm-hmm. graduate and go into you know a profession or a job, have a certificate, whether that's health careers or technical careers, having that kind of data that shows there are students, there are programs, and so there are are opportunities for those students to come here and 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 it's an important programming to to continue how do you two see what your agencies do which is a k-12 focus impacting and and filtering to community colleges and higher ed i'll take it i think it's important to recognize that when we teach students english and we recognize the value of language arts that is a way of communicating And for students in schools as part of a well-rounded education, all the art forms offer different ways of students communicating with one another. And as they learn those skills and they have those attributes, then they have agency and they have voice. They have different ways of self-expression. And we know that students who are struggling, if they have other vehicles for telling their story, whether that's drawing, or singing, or dancing, or theatrical tableaus mm-hmm. <laughs> with their colleagues in class. It's a different way of interacting with the world. And so that creativity that's so valued by employers is fostered in the schools with the arts learning they're doing internally. And then externally, I think you know, going into the colleges, that's equally valuable as one of the entry-level ways of working and expressing themselves. Definitely. As you said, creativity, um, uh, we don't expect it only from artists and performers and musicians, uh, employers. I mean, creative thinkers, strategic thinkers, entrepreneurial thinkers are highly valued and sought after in order to make quick adjustments to a continually rapidly changing world in which we live, whether that's, you know, technology, artificial intelligence, uh, there's just so much that happens so quickly and you need that. You need to exercise. I mean, it's like an exercise, I think, mm-hmm. to to be involved in the arts and it exercises those creative portions of your brain. Absolutely. One thing that you mentioned, I think you both touched on a little bit, was accessibility and inclusion. And I know, Barb, your your dissertation focused on researching and, and studying uh, the importance, the, the lack of access for many populations mm-hmm. to the arts. How uh, do your organizations work to further accessibility? We were both part of the state policy pilot program through Americans for the Arts and mm-hmm. the gap analysis research I did as part of my master's thesis helped showcase the fact that kids in rural and urban settings have less access to the arts than their counterparts in suburban areas. One of the odd factors I hadn't anticipated finding out about was sometimes parents are an important factor. Parents who fundraise in suburban areas in particular help kids get access to things like instruments Mm -hmm. and really the schools should be 
uh, fostering the way of working in the in arts education. Um, and so I think uh, through Maya, through the MACC, through many other statewide agencies who are part of our partnership, it's the primary goal. We will find the data that helps make sure that the the high quality programs are happening where they should be and where they're not will make equitable measures. And what's exciting about Maya creating this platform where we can start to just get a picture uh, across the state, we have found that as we discussed that platform, every person that works in any way with arts education, the colleges, community colleges included, have said, oh man, that would, that would, that could revolutionize or that could really guide or inform our decisions about Mm -hmm. this, this, this. And it's different. It's going to be different for LCC about how knowing like what is offered statewide from an arts education piece is going to impact your work versus ours at the Arts Council, which for us, you know, ultimately we have, you know, six direct grant programs that always at the end of the day is about supporting arts access in general, you know, in, in every county throughout the state. And particularly with an arts education lens, that's the very same thing. So, I mean, we're doing that in two ways. We're just, we're either bolstering programs that already have a really robust program in, in arts education or bringing it to communities that have none. Right. And so like, okay. give me an example or a couple well, examples, oh, so, put you on the spot. <laughs> no, absolutely. So like, you know, Escanaba is a great example where they don't have a traditional like arts program in general, but there is a folklorist uh, musician in their community who who is just really passionate about music education. And so for the last few years, they've gotten grant funding from us for him to work as an arts education residency perspective to teach kids in third and fourth grade throughout their whole curriculum. The every school in the Escanabic School Excellent. District for them to learn about folk music, to write their own folk song. Wow. Yeah, and and to learn about just like dynamics and, and what have you. And and so I imagine, while it's really exciting to like think about, man, you have this really awesome program and, and this is how we're supporting that, it's almost more exciting to think about if you take this program out of, out of the school in Escanaba and these kids had no experience, what would that look like? Or more, more I think more appropriately, think about the, the things the paths that those students who have experienced folk music now might take mm. that, you know, if they never would have been exposed to folk music before, I think, and we have like just endless examples of that. I think mm-hmm. of, of how grant funding just sort of can like light these small fires in kids and in schools. I'd love to make an example of the field trip grants too. Yeah. That the Michigan arts and culture council provides. I think as a child, I got to go to the Chicago Institute of arts for humanities course mm. and it completely transformed my way of thinking because I I had thought academically and I dismissed the arts. And it, once I was in a humanities course and I was able to see the evidence of what that looks like, I, I made new friends in a way. You mm-hmm. know, like when I go back to the Chicago Institute of Arts, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm visiting old friends. And I think for children who have an opportunity to visit like Wharton Center locally or Mm -hmm. Boniface Art Center up in Escanaba Mm -hmm. or other places in their community or beyond, it it just changes their entire outlook, especially if they don't have access to the arts in their family setting. Mm Most recently, we went on a we had a school that got a field trip grant there. So basically schools can apply and it basically just pays for the busing for them to take an arts related field trip. And so I went with a group that was touring Detroit. Um, Their art students, um, they had done a residency with Hubert Massey, who's a well-known muralist. Right. And um, and so the field trip was simply them touring around Detroit with him with a microphone on the bus (laughs) and then just stopping at all of the places where he has murals and explaining his process 
And one kid out loud was like, I didn't know this was by you. Or like, I know this picture. And the way that that starts to connect also kids, not only with the art, but with their community. Mm. And then they start to see things differently. And then what I really love um, as a sort of, I think, arts advocate in my own community is think about then they start to see empty spaces as opportunities for arts as well. So like, why isn't a mural here? This would be a really great place for a mural. (laughs) And so the field trip grants, I think, are great to sort of connect schools then with the community, both right in their community or if they're more far flung. That's really fabulous. When I taught in Detroit, we did a mural with Hubert Massey, Mm -hmm. my students, at Herlong Cathedral School. And he's so talented. So, yes. Oh, that's exciting. And I love I love that young person's reaction. Mm-hmm. But what you said about seeing empty spaces as potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me, science really involves a lot of creativity. You know, a lot of fields involve a lot of creativity. But in terms of the arts, when, when you're young, to be able to look around uh, an environment that may look desolate mm-hmm. to others, whether that's in the center city or a rural landscape and see the potential for uh, community Mm -hmm. and through the arts. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. And I know I keep coming back in my mind to our programs here at LCC and where students might, uh, who who complete their work here, maybe transfer or where might they go to do that kind of work that's that's community building Mm -hmm. that uses their 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 skills. Chad, you mentioned something um, in your, your introduction about the council, about building the program in arts education and leading to jobs and different kinds of careers in the arts. Can you describe just a, a little bit of careers, like you're going to be a musician, you're going to be an actor, you're going to be a dancer, you're going to be a writer, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of other careers in the arts, aren't there? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think, I think having been, having started as an educator, um, I, I'm guilty of that. You know, I, I was teaching theater and English language arts. And I think that, you know, my my even bubble was so small, but I think that that partially, I think that's why field trip grants or arts education grants where they're bringing artists into the schools can start to like light those, um, set off those light bulbs in kids' heads to understand, oh, wow, that's a career or wow, I could do something like that. And I think, so I I don't even want to necessarily go down a really specific path about Sure. Yeah, there's jobs like, you know, like theater <laughs> writing or working backstage, you know, um, because those are all very specific. But I think that it's more about how are we giving students access um, and and exposing them to art, whether, OK, you know what, like hip hop or um, theater lighting or whatever, you know, it may not be your thing, but it it might start to it might get you asking other questions about hmm what is my thing I'm really into shoes maybe I want to design ballet shoes I don't know you know I think that that's sort of what's exciting about working in the arts is that there we don't know where kids will go with that Mm -hmm. but they're not going to go we you know they're going to go more places if they are exposed to the idea or the opportunities for the arts and so I I don't know if that really answers your question oh it's a great answer yes yeah. Well, and since the beginning of performances, someone's been producing that work, right? So um, right now I'm reading Rick Rubin's The Creative Act. Mm-hmm. We'll be presenting for our Maya educators some of the tenets of his, his work. Rick Rubin is a, a music producer who's worked from uh, many different artists, including 
everyone from LL Cool J to Adele. <laughs> and, wow. Um, he has this incredible book. And part of what he talks about in the book is creating a space where you're able to sort of be safe and also say the things you can't say otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's about, you know, the discipline of a creative act where you're establishing a practice and making, but also how are you giving yourself the leeway to sort of feel the flow and uh, just make based on whatever's coming in for you at that moment. Mm, That's wonderful. You know, we have just a couple more minutes um, and I want to give you each a chance to, to, to share, you know, something that's burning on your mind that you haven't had a chance to share yet or or some big vision for the future <laughs> though i think both your organizations have those as you do you as individuals i'll let barb close it out but so i'll just say i think something that we've and in, in working with um a more uh, national organization about changing people's perspectives about how they just see art and art in their lives um, what's been really sort of revolutionary to me is for them to have pointed out that we often in other areas of our life, so golf say, like if, if a person like likes to golf, that they just do it sort of, but as a hobby, if someone asked them, oh, are you a golfer? They would have no problem saying, yeah, I'm a golfer. Mm-hmm. But, but no one would, if they, it's so common that if people like paint as a hobby, if someone asks, are you an artist? They would never say, oh yeah, I'm an artist. Say yes. Yes, yes, you are an artist. <laughs> I mean, yes, you cook. Yes, you can, you know, yes, you paint. Yes, you dance in your, in, you know, in your bathroom. And I think that I'm eager in the work that we do in the arts realm to help people shift that impulse in their heads to embrace the artist within themselves. Beautiful. Yeah. You heard my take on art as a universal language. I think what I'll add that was a surprise to me recently was that we're working with the Arts Education Partnership as one of our national partners. And Michigan, we talked about some of the ways Michigan's lagging, but Michigan's also leading. The work that the Michigan Assessment Consortium does is being recognized as some of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And that the the assessments we have for uh, the visual arts, music, theater, and dance are being uh, used as exemplars that, at, at the it, national level. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely marvelous. Um, I am thrilled with the work that you're both doing, and I'm so pleased that you were able to to share and talk about that today. Um, it sounds like the state of the arts education in Michigan uh, is very positive, um, especially with the work uh, of the Michigan Arts and Culture Council, Chad, that you mm-hmm. work with, and Maya, which uh, is the Michigan Arts Education Instruction and Assessment Project, where you are, Barb. Barb Whitney and Chad swan Badro, thank you so much for being our guests and listeners. Thank you for listening today. To connect with me and our guests, visit lccconnect.org, where you'll find this and other episodes of Galaxy Forum, and all the LCC Connect programming. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect.